Welcome again to another uh, inspiring edition of There's a Family Bible. Uh, I want to say hello and thank you to everyone who listens to this program, and I hope that God will shower will shower His blessings upon you, and that you will be enriched and touched by this program. Recently, I have been thinking about uh, thinking about faith a lot. Uh, I have been doing this as I can honestly not see where God is leading me in my life. Uh, I have times where, you know, I have times where things do seem just plain well blank. Uh, I just do not know where things are going, and we have all dealt with this. Uh, I look at the world around me, and I see people's lives engaged in what seems to make them happy. And I find myself, of course, wishing them happiness. Uh, for myself, I have yet, it seems, to find the ultimate decision in some areas of life. Uh, but, I, but I have been told by Christ himself to pick up the cross and follow him. Uh, in all honesty, I can tell you, pure faith has carried me, uh, in my case, uh, since a divorce uh, about a year ago. Uh, no kidding. You know, hey, Christ has commanded me to carry my cross uh, and follow him. Second Corinthians chapter 5, verse 7, tells us to walk by faith and not by sight. This is quite a difficult challenge, we must admit. Uh, we, uh, we have to be like a horse that has blinders on if we are to stay on the path that God wants us to travel. Uh, how often do we remove them out of fear and go by what we see and feel? All too often, as I have found in my own case, I can't tell you how many times I have let my own emotions take control of what I think. As we read in First Peter five, First uh, Peter chapter five, verse six through eleven, humble yourselves therefore under the mighty hand of God so that at the proper time he may exalt you, casting all your anxieties on him, because he cares for you. Be sober-minded, be watchful. Your adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion, seeking someone to devour. Resist him, uh, resist him firm in your faith, knowing that the same kinds of suffering are being experienced by your brotherhood throughout the world. And after you have suffered a little while, the God of all grace, who has called you to his eternal glory in Christ, will himself restore, confirm, strengthen, and establish you. To him be the dominion forever and ever. Amen. We see then that Jesus wants us to cast our burdens on him. This is so, uh, this is so that he will not be needless, uh, this is so that we will not be needlessly weighed down by things the enemy would throw upon us. It is Satan's desire to have you be cast down and confused as to who you are and what you are supposed to be doing. We read also in Hebrews eleven six. But without faith it is impossible to please him, for he who comes to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. So we see from this verse that uh, uh, God is pleased when we overcome 
and we overcome by having faith that God will reward us for seeking him and doing what he asked us to do. And a person who comes to my mind when thinking about this is Abraham. Uh, if you will recall, Abraham uh, was presumably a heathen living in southeastern Iraq near modern-day Kuwait. Uh, I think it was the city of Ur. Uh, the Lord told him to pick up all he had along with his family and move thousands of miles away to Canaan. Uh, we find this story in Genesis 12. Uh, he left with his wife Sarai and his nephew Lot and left all else behind. Uh, he did all of this on the simple but fantastic promise that God made to him that Abram, as he was then actually called, was to be the father of a great nation and what he and that he would be a blessing. Because he obeyed, his name was changed to Abraham and his wife's name became Sarah. He, of course, became an ancestor of Jesus Christ. Uh, we can remember, too, the deal with the son which had been promised to Abraham and his wife. The Lord God had told them that they were to be given a son, which would be the promised one. Uh, one thing that uh, is worthy of mentioning here uh, with regards to Abraham's faith uh, Abraham was about a hundred years old and or if I'm trying to remember this right off the top of my head actually uh, they were old Abraham was 75 and his wife was already past the age of childbearing or if, if I remember correctly about this here uh, so his wife Sarai told uh, Abraham to go into her handmaiden, Hagar the Egyptian. She gave, So Abraham had a son with this woman. His name was Ishmael. And so Ishmael was actually the firstborn son of Abraham. And uh, according to the ancient customs back then, the firstborn was to get the majority of the estate. Uh, but God had made it plain to uh, Abraham and his wife that uh, Ishmael was not to be the one. Uh, kind of a la it shows you uh, a kind of a lapse of faith on Sarah's part uh, when the angel came to them to tell them this. Uh, Sarah. Sarah uh, could not believe it, and she laughed at the notion of being able to give birth to a child at her age. She was 90 years old at this time. Uh, of course, I don't think God was too pleased with this, uh, but it is also a reason why Isaac, or it, it's, it's one of the reasons how Isaac got his name. Uh, Isaac means laughter or to laugh. So, Isaac came along as God had promised them. Uh, and Abraham's uh, decision to uh, go with, or to uh, his decision to um, go into Hagar, the Egyptian, uh, on his own, kind of uh, shows you what happens when someone... Uh, tries to do things on their own and doesn't place their trust in God 
uh, what happened here is is that uh, after Ish, uh, Isaac was born at some point, Ishmael uh, had a problem with him because uh, Ishmael knew that Isaac was to be the one who would get the, you know, the best of the estate. So, at this point, there were, there were problems in the family, and Ishmael was forced to leave along with Hagar the Egyptian. Now, this is also you could say where God steps in and uh, keeps His word. Uh, Abraham was promised by God that that he would look after uh, Ishmael. And so Ishmael became the father of the great of the great nation of the Arabs. So God kept his word also to Ishmael or with regards to Ishmael. Uh, and also Abraham's faith was further demonstrated when he was asked to uh, offer Isaac uh, as a burnt offering. Uh, Abraham knew full and well that Isaac was the promised one, so he doubtlessly proceeded to do as God had commanded him to do, uh, believing that if need be, God would raise God would raise Isaac from the dead. Of course, as we all know, God prevented Isaac from being sacrificed. It was a test of Abraham's faith. Uh, I imagine. Uh, of course, it was not easy for Abraham to do this, but he did it. Uh, God rewarded Abraham's faith. Perhaps God is also like this with us as far as the gifts we have been given. We might not see the potential we have to reach people. Uh, think about it. I spent the first 15 years of my life wondering if I had a talent. Then came a day in English class when I was in 10th grade uh, where my English teacher... Uh, read a poem I wrote and said she wanted to send it off to a poetry contest and it was accepted uh, that clued me in that I might have an ability God can use people to show you that you have something uh, and so shortly after that I began to write I did not uh, I did not have an audience really but eventually I got published uh, though it was on a very very limited almost non-existent level uh, along with that, I later sensed a call to preach. Again, I had no audience, but over a period of time, I came to learn about using the internet uh, to preach, and so here I am today, by the grace of God, doing what I feel he has called me to do. And again, uh, everyone has some kind of gift. It might be that you are extremely gifted at your trade. Th that is your medium for being a witness for Christ. Uh, do the best job you can. You, know, you might be a musician, plumber, doctor, whatever the case may be. You have a God-given ability, so use it to glorify God. Now, you might ask why I brought up the subject of gifts. Uh, simply speaking, because we are to use our gifts in faith to glorify God. To use them believing God will reward us as pleasing to Him. When we step out in faith like that, God is pleased. We read in Hebrews 11.1 1, that faith is the substance of things hoped for but not seen. I think this pretty much sums up how, Christian, how our Christian lives are supposed to be. God expects us to act on faith because we have been given the Spirit. 
since we have the spirit we can know that it is not really a truly blind faith i guess this is because we have already seen what god can do within us so we know his love and promises already so we are so we already know he is there and i won't i will conclude this uh episode of this podcast um but again just reminding you hey just because you can't feel that god is there does not mean that he has abandoned you or anything remember in the book of john i think it's in john 14 16 jesus tells us that the holy spirit will never leave us so he will never leave us nor forsake us god is there you know the thing with faith is is we can't see him but we can definitely at some deep deep level even if we don't know it we can feel him and all we have to do is just wait on him and so Folks, that is all for now, and I hope this has been a blessing to you.